meeting. Um, I've got uh, two um, requests to speak, uh, Michael Young on item five and Paul Gadd on minutes and items seven onwards. I don't quite understand that. We don't discuss the minutes. What do you mean by item seven onwards? So how many times will you want, because you get three minutes? Okay, oh fine. So do you want to take it at... Um, well, we're slightly different on this committee because we take it at the agenda item. Um, so it's more focused. So uh, if, if I can take you at item seven, would that be appropriate? Okay, that's great. Thank you. Okay, apologies for absence. Uh, Councillor Harris, I think that's the only one. Any declarations of interest? Can I declare an interest as a county council chairman? Okay. Minutes of the meeting on the 22nd of February, are they, is that a true record? Councillor Lodge. Um, um, on the uh, on PP 39, just preliminary before that, um, again we've we've, we've had a, a significant number of, of the uh, of the items coming late. Uh, I actually think I think saw one come around at about 12:30. I'm not sure I've read that one. So again, it makes it very difficult to, to prepare. For, if for I just take that point, Councillor Lodge, I think it, it, that is a very fair comment. I've, I've raised that. Um, it, it's an alternative between uh, delaying the item until the next meeting, uh, but uh, we will try very hard that that doesn't happen again. You make a very fair, you made it the last time, you make a fair point. Um, but uh, it is the nature of the pressure of the work and the timetable that we're under. But uh, officers are nodding, so I, I agree with you. I, no, I, I, I understand that. the pressures that, yeah. that they're under, but... Um, Members need to have time to read. We, we, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it's a fair comment. But then, specifically on PP39, my, my letter from, from, the la from the last meeting was to be appended to the previous minutes, but that wasn't done. It still hasn't been done to this minute, so far, unless it, it was the very late document that came around. Well, it certainly will be. It, it, it didn't happen, I understand, because the minute taker of the previous meeting has since uh, left, so there was an administrative uh, hiccup on that. But uh, it is absolutely the intention that they are... Mr Fox, you yes, sir, Sorry, an update, uh, Chair. My understanding is that they have been appended, but they're appended to the, the more relevant meeting, which was the 10th of January. So uh, They have been appended to those minutes. On our website? Yes. And, and all due documentation. Yes, that's correct. Does that answer the point? Yes, I think so. And then my latest letter, which, which I wanted for discussion here, on the basis that we don't have matters arising, how, how will that be treated? I've responded to that letter. Yeah, I saw that, but it was, it was, it was a sort of general response without, without, without addressing specific items. So I think we have a bit of a problem. There's no matters arising. Uh, and you know, we do have matters arising, not necessarily, this isn't a decision-making body, it's a discussion body, and I, I would have thought that, that, that a lot of my points were valid for, for discussion, but, but, they're, but they're not getting there, and, that, and they're, not, they're, they're not coming up, so how do we, how do we treat that? 
I think I answer that in the final sentence of my letter, which is that any points that you wish to raise, if we start them at the uh, Leaders' Forum on Friday, because um, that is in preparation of the agenda, and then we can take them on the agenda as appropriate. So you, you, you want, you want the, those points to be raised then, to be raised then for us to discuss putting it on to the I'm next... I'm very happy to yeah, discuss okay, it okay. on, on okay, Friday, okay. to take it but from we, there. Yeah, okay, yeah. but we've, we've possibly missed out some of the items, but I will try and gather them in as we go along. Okay. Chairman, can I just come in on this? I, yeah. I thought we agreed at a previous meeting that we would adopt the system that we've got at, on scrutiny, whereby actions... Uh, agreed at meetings are a separate document, so we have a kind of running, a tracking list of actions, but I don't think that's yet, well, it hasn't happened. You know, if you if you have a, a list of actions which says still outstanding or, or, or completed, then at least we can, we've got an audit trail, but we don't have that. Uh, we, can we can we agree? We absolutely can do that. We have done it actually. There has been an action list at a previous meeting. Well, it's disappeared. And, and um, I will um, ask uh, the democratic service officers who are uh, taking minutes tonight to produce an action. In fact, Chair I can remember asking for action points at the last have, yeah. meeting. Ch Chairman, they they are on this evening's agenda. There at the end of the minutes. Chairman, it shouldn't be really part of the minutes because what you want is a, a report to the following meeting which says where we are now rather than where we were two months ago. Well, it's an action list, so um, would you like to go through the action list, Councillor Dean? I have nothing to raise on it, as I'm no. I think all the actions have been, uh, have been dealt with. Um, but uh, we have got an action list, we will have an action list, um, and... Um, the action list is, is, is published with, with the minutes um, well in advance of the following meeting. What do we normally turn around within a week? Chairman, normally within 10 working days, although uh, to be quite frank with you, it's been a little bit longer recently due to pressure of work. But hopefully within 10 working days, Councillor Dean. Okay. Oh, Councillor I, I have tried to read a lot, but I haven't got everything into it. Um, your report on the minutes, it said that there's a conclusion that you'd indicated more work to be done on the water and sewage provision. So the examination of the work needed would need to be expanded according to the allocations made. Now, it could be I'm new, and I'm really sorry, and it's my first question. I couldn't find anything in the project plan, and I didn't really understand what the extra work was. Well, certainly is that, is that any relevant question? Tell me if it is, and I'll stop. I'll allow it because it's oh, your you. first meeting. Okay. We don't do matters arising. Oh, sorry. Uh, but uh, I'll ask Mr. Fox to answer that because we've certainly got a water study. Yes, um, Chairman, the, the high-level water study was reported to the last meeting and the, the comments about further work being required is depending on what the actual allocations are, turn out to be. So the, this is, this is high-level broadbrush work saying is the, is the general capacity. Clearly, if a specific allocation 
uh, is proposed which raises particular site-specific issues or particular issues for a, a sewage station or supply, then clearly we'll need to look into that in greater detail. That's, that's, that's that point, Jen. Okay, so I'll, I'll try really hard to make sure the question is relevant here. No, no, you ask what you like. Um, so, uh, I have a, um, a point of accuracy on the minutes as well, which yep. was on PP44. Uh, in the second paragraph, it said I referred to uh, a comprehensive sustainability appraisal. It should have been a, a, a comparative uh, sustainability appraisal. But there, there are a few other things, points on the minutes, which come to the, the, the action list at the end, which uh, such things as the infrastructure study, uh, Western Braintree study, um, we are still missing a lot of these things. I, I'm not clear on the time scales. So, um, I, I mean, obviously you're in a better position than some because you, you, you're fairly up to speed with all the discussions. But uh, as far as the whole committee, in fact, uh, uh, the whole council, um, we have uh, our uh, forward meeting plan, uh, the project plan, which is which is summarised in these documents, but as you know, is a very extensive, very extensive document. Uh, which we do look at on uh, at the Leaders' Forum. So all of that is built into the plan, Councillor Lodge. Okay, okay I'll, I'll, I'll try and bring some up individually. I, I, I have overall, as, as you know, I have overall concerns about the timescales. We are pushing, and I've said before, it's, uh, officers are doing, are doing an enormous amount of work, but we're still concerned about some, some of those things fitting within the jigsaw to get yeah. to the right answer when we have to get to the right answer. There's a lot to do, we agree. <laughs> Any other points or those are a true record that I will sign uh, in due course? Okay, thank you. Um, so, item three is feedback from promoters of new settlement sessions it, during the month of March. We had seven presentations, um, I think, because there was two in one. Um, and um, you have a summary of those. Now, I understand that we've referred to something as Great yes. Eastern, for which, Great I, Eastern instead of Eastern Park. which I humbly apologise. That will be corrected immediately. Um, we do know where, where we are, um, but uh, so that's an inaccuracy. Um, Mr. Fox. Yeah, yeah it's, it, as you said, Chairman, it, it's a sort of summary of, of the, the key points that were raised during these presentations, just there as a, as a sort of record, a sort of comparative record. Um, Graham Holmes, who, who put this document together, is, is with us this evening, so if members have got any specifics they want to pick up, then I'm sure Graham will be happy to deal with them. Thank you, Mr Fox. In addition, of course, for members of the public who might be listening in, all of those present, the details of all of those presentations are on the Uttlesford uh, website. Uh, so there's full, uh, full visibility of them. And this document, of course, also goes on the website and is a summary of, um, of the presentation. It's purely factual. It uh, passes no other particular comment. So if uh, members are content um, that uh, we've got a summary, that it will, uh, it will be published, uh, I'll move on to item four. Okay, thank you. Um, so this is, uh, there's not a paper on item four. I believe you're giving a verbal update. Thank you. On gypsy and traveller accommodation assessment. Thank you. Um, as you're aware, um, there was a joint Essex-wide um, gypsy and traveller assessment was um, commissioned um, last year. Um, that was in light of um, 
we're seeing having an up-to-date evidence base and also an updated definition of what, um, what is defined as a gypsy and traveller. Um, I won't go into details what the difference in the definition is, but essentially it's, it's down to like changes in um, assessing travelling patterns and so far. Um, RRS themselves um, undertook a number of interviews over the summer of last year um, and some additional interviews um, as well in autumn. Um, the work that's come out of the work that's come out of this is that um, the gypsy travellers have been subdivided into three criteria. Those that do meet the new definition, um, what is called unknown households, those are the gypsy travellers travel who um, were away or refused to be interviewed, and there's those that currently do not meet the definition. Um, in relation to the um, planning policy approach into those definitions, um, where, where a local authority um, has gypsy travellers that meet the definition, then there is a requirement from that gypsy requirement from that local authority to um, find sites for the, those gypsies and travellers. Um, where there is um, an unknown household figure, um, a criteria-based policy is introduced, um, which is similar to um, what the, old, the old policy in the Withdrawal Local Plan Policy, HO11. I don't know if you're aware, you've seen that Withdrawal Local um, Policy. And for those that do not meet the definition or meet the need, um, that's dealt with as part of the um, wider housing target. Um, so far we, ha we have had the um, final draft figures back from um, ORS and I can confirm that um, there are no um, gypsies and travellers that meet the definition. Therefore we will be looking to, um, in the uh, forthcoming local plan, to introduce a um, criteria-based policy um, similar to HO11, albeit with obviously the site locations reference removed because we don't also need to identify those sites. So um, that's where we're at the moment. Um, in terms of the report, um, apologies that that has been delayed. Um, we got the figures back, like I said, about um, two weeks ago. Um, but obviously, as you can imagine, there was some authorities which had more pressing gypsy and travel needs than our own. But um, the report is written. It's just a matter of feeding those figures in once the authorities come back. So they have all come back now. So I've been promised that the report will be getting the report back um, the first week after recess. So hopefully the next uh, meeting I'll be able to feed back on that report. So we'll, we'll add that to the next meeting in terms of the actual report. But just in terms of summary, because uh, this, uh, this, this group, it, its first three meetings was, um, was dominated by uh, Gypsy and Traveller matters. Uh, from what I understand of what you're saying, that this is no longer a, a, a stumbling block for this plan. Mm. This is not a Malden situation, uh, that the numbers have changed and uh, that we have uh, adequate provision and can, can accommodate going forward. Yes, that's correct. Yes. Any questions on this issue? So just to confirm that, what you're saying is that we are not looking for additional sites at the moment? We won't be looking for additional sites, obviously, if... if um, so we are looking for additional but no, sites? No, well, it's, if you get, um, it's like a criteria-based policy, like... Um, there are those in the um, unknown, which you know we have to apply percentage. We may meet, may meet the need. It's a 10% nation nationality, so it's you know it would be, we don't have to. We're not on the, on the, we're not under any obligation to find additional sites. But obviously, if somebody comes in, they have, they'd have to demonstrate that they'd meet the definition essentially if they come in with an application for a new site. Which, you know, so. Thank you. I, yeah, I, don't yeah. think, I don't think we'll prolong this. I think the answer is uh, no additional yeah. sites on known data, mm. but, yeah. but, but circumstances, as yeah. always, could change. Yeah. Yeah. Councillor Lodge. A very short comment. It sounds like an unknown unknown. 
maybe, but it's a better position than we were um, a year ago. Mm. So, um, okay, well, thank you for that, and we look forward to that report, and we can have a, perhaps a more detailed conversation when we have the report in front of us. Um, item five is the 2017 uh, windfall allowance. I'll ask Mr. Young to speak first, and then um, Mr. Fox, and perhaps you could pick up some of Mr. Young's points. local plan examination, consultants acting for property developers were out in force. They questioned and challenged almost every figure in the draft plan, including, to my surprise, the figure for windfalls. This was one figure that I thought was eminently defensible, and it was reassuring that the inspector thought so too. I welcome this document and think it's an excellent report. It's clearly laid out, the arguments are well presented, and the basis for the calculations are shown. The various tables follow a logical pattern, the evidence is clear, and I believe the conclusions are very defensible. It has that magical ingredient, an audit trail. But I do wish to raise one point. I note that no figures are included for potential rural exception sites. As chairman of a parish council that has instigated three such projects, I can understand the uncertainty about the effect of government policy on the future for these schemes. I do believe there are some landowners who would consider this option, but are waiting to see how Uttersford's local plan might affect their location. Of course, we can't put a figure on that. However, there are a number of rural exception sites that are in the course of construction, some of which may not be completed until after the draft plan is submitted. I trust there is a way of reflecting these developments in the figures that are presented. Turning back to the report, I accept that it's a relatively small self-contained exercise and very much smaller and less complex than the SMAR, but its style of presentation demonstrates how a report can be put together in a logical sequence with a clear audit trail, something sadly lacking in the SMAR report. If these same principles that have been applied to the SMAR I feel sure that many of the difficulties presently being encountered could have been avoided. Thank you, Mr Young. Um, I'll ask uh, Councillor Barker, I think, has uh, some information on, on, on that point, and then I'll go to Mr Fox. Mr Young, I would be delighted if we were allowed to include the rural exception sites in our figures because we're very proud of what we've delivered in Uttersford. However, my understanding was always that until those sites are delivered, we can then count them in our numbers, but we can't make the assumption that they are coming forward as they have over the past years. Yeah. And I, that is my understanding, unless there's any... That's, yeah, okay, well, the situation. I'll, I'll ask Mr Fox to introduce the, the paper and then we can have a discussion. Yes, thank, thank you, Chairman. Um, yes, uh, and, and, and thank you, Mr Young, for the, those complimentary remarks about um, the report, and I'll, I'll uh, mention that to the author of the report. Um, Yes, the, uh, the report is self-explanatory. We have historically relied on a figure of approximately 50 dwellings a year windfall, uh, which the National Policy Planning Policy Framework allows us to do in calculating our five-year housing land supply. And Mr Young is absolutely right. That was supported uh, by the inspector 
who considered the uh, withdrawal local plan. <coughs> um, we've undertaken some historical research, uh, which is again set out in the tables quite clearly, which indicates that we can uh, anticipate a higher level of uh, windfall than we previously thought was the case. Um, and yes, the, the figures uh, may seem small, another, another 20 per annum, but over the lifetime of the plan, that's not an insignificant number, Chairman. Uh, the issue of rural exception sites is, um, partly as Councillor Barker explained, one of certainty or rather uncertainty, uh, as Councillor Young mentioned. Um, it, it's not so much about potential changes in government policy, what government policy might be doing. It's simply because um, it is difficult to anticipate some way ahead uh, where a rural exception site might come forward, whereas um, other types of windfall are easier to predict. So, but what we will do is go away and look at, because uh, Mr. Mr. Young did mention um, other local authorities, we will look at practice elsewhere and um, see if there's any changes we can make, Chairman. So that concludes my presentation. No, that would be helpful, I think, and, and thank you, Mr. Young. Uh, any comments on this, Councillor Dean? I would just like to um, explore the numbers so I can understand them a bit better. I see that there are references in paragraph 13 to certain sites that have fallen into that, but bearing in mind that the, the first column, number of development dwellings permitted, um, has quite high numbers in it, um, and, and that we've been through a period without a local plan where there have been you know, significant approvals given outside any plan whatsoever. Um, are we in danger of, if you will, trying to repeat the, the problems that we've had over the last few years with um, speculative developments? Um, or is none of the ones that uh, are, are included in the, the right-hand column and therefore the ones that uh, we wanted to include or, or on which to base this new figure is none of them what I would call speculative developments as a result of not having a plan because we don't want to do it again. Chairman, if I can respond through you, yes, I mean, the yes, they are speculative, but the distinction I draw is between welcome and unwelcome speculative uh, applications. Um, in other words, the, the, these are, these are uh, unanticipated proposals, but which actually historically have made a welcome contribution and are generally uh, acceptable in planning terms, as opposed to what I would call hostile speculative planning applications for usually larger numbers of units. And, and so, I, I, in my opinion, the absence of a plan during that part of that period wouldn't make any difference to, to, to the columns you see in front of you. And, and, and sorry, the difference so, between so the two is... So, none of these numbers includes significant developments in, in Elsnam that uh, have um, um, been ad, ad hoc to a degree. Well, there are, through you again, Chairman, there are criteria for um, a site to classify as a windfall, and they're generally the smaller scale proposals. So, yeah, there are some larger examples there, uh, admittedly in, in paragraph 13. But they're listed in paragraph 13. Any other comments? Okay. Uh, 
to be duly uh, note and support the um, adjustment to the windfall allowance? Those in favour? Thank you very much indeed. Um, item 6, the Schla update. You, Mr. Fox. Oh, Graham. Thank you. Thank you, Chairman. Um, hang on a second. As, you, as you're aware, um, the Council held a call for sites exercise um, back in 2015 um, over, over a three-month period um, asking developers, landowners, um, with, with interested parties to put forward any sites they believed um, suitable um, for housing or other development proposals. Um, obviously, since then, um, um, local plans progressed. Um, there has been a need, obviously, to update this work. Um, there's been changes to uh, flood risk data, other, other con potential constraints, and we've also had a couple, few more sites that have been put forward um, during this period. Um, in total, we're talking around there's been around about um, 360 sites that have been submitted as part of this process. Um, that does include um, sites for employment, the um, new settlement options as well. Um, taking those out of the slot, that leaves us with about 300 sites um, in total um, spread over the district. Um, <coughs> so as part of the um, update, um, as with the 2015 um, SLA, we've examined the, um, the sites against three criteria. criteria the suitability of the site, i.e., you know, how does it perform against policy constraint, you know, physical constraints on sites such as flood risk, noise, impact on the historic environment, you know, accessibility of the site, um, the availability of the site as part of a call for sites exercise. We of course asked um, the site promoters to provide information on um, ownership, ownership, um, any illegal or ownership problems, you know, multiple ownership, and so forth. Um, and also, we asked them to um, provide information on the achievability of a site. Um, you, know, you know, if there's a reasonable prospect that that, that site will come forward within the plan period. Um, you know, so also making a judgment in our ourselves as well. Um, we've carried this forward in the in terms of the update, and we've classified the sites if you, um, into the um, A to the um, A to the E classification. Um, the A sites are those sites that. Um, have already have planned permission um, and you know are generally considered suitable and will be coming forward like to come forward in the first five years of the um, local plan um, the B classifications are those sites which are you know considered develop or deliverable within the plan period um, there's no you know we don't there's no major physical or um, infrastructure constraints on the site um, you know it may not be acceptable in development management policies i.e if somebody put, in, put an application for a 100% market housing on a 50 dwelling site, you know, obviously it's not going to be acceptable in the end terms. So, um, but in terms of constraints, there's nothing uh, unacceptable on that. Um, in terms of the C classifications, this is where um, we, we decided to break, break this down to um, almost four subcategories. Um, the C1 categories are those sites where um, further work is needed to um, demonstrate the achievability of the sites. Um, you know any issues that can be you know try and resolve them such as you know is the um, could a suitable access be achieved in a local plan um, you know that's 
uh, remediation of any ground contamination or any other issues on the site. Um, um, and we have a C2, which is more of um, coming up, overcoming um, the suitability constraints, such as um, you know impacts of um, you know noise. So that's parts of the site which are um, subject to flooding. You know the site isn't wholly covered by flooding, but it needs to be mitigated against um, you know or neighbouring impacts on neighbouring land uses. Um, now then we have the um, C3. Um, uh, classification, which is what, what the council, actual council's approach is going to be to the role of the key villages, the um, strategic sites, you know, Taipei and Taipei villages. Um, and then we have the C4 sites, which these are sites which are either wholly within or partially within the Greenbelt or countryside protection zone. Um, we then have um, the D classifications, which are those sites which, you know, there's, you know, they may come forward in a future plan, but at, at present the constraints of so great that they will they cannot be overcome in this plan period and are not considered as part of this um, local plan. Um, and then finally, we have the um, E classifications, which are um, just not suitable at all. Um, you know, completely in the open countryside in a tiny hamlet, proposing you know, 400 units and so forth. So um, that's where we got to on that. Um, Turning on to the next page, in terms of um, the actual figures that are coming out of this exercise so far, um, you can see we've got, you know, if you add all the class, um, A and A to C3 classifications, we are getting around about 4,000 4, homes that, 4,000 homes on the site which do have potential, um, I would like to stress potential at this stage. Um, obviously, uh, so, yeah, that's what at the moment um, that's coming out of this exercise. But the sites have been assessed on a, we'd like to stress, have been assessed on a site by site basis, haven't been considered as part of a wider spatial strategy at this stage, which will be, of course, the next stage of the assessment. Is obviously to now we've nearly, we've got a few more um, sites which are awaiting an appeal decision. Um, but all in all, the next stage, next exercise is obviously going to be looking at these sites on the map and making decisions on which ones we um, allocate in the local plan. But um, the SLAR is just purely an exercise, just looking at the sites and identifying constraints on those. So um, obviously we'll be, we'll be feeding back on that in the next PPWG in terms of um, where we are with those um, allocations that's coming out of the SLAR. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so the first iteration of this exercise, uh, we had a very helpful list, uh, site by site, um, with an indication as you've described it. That was put into the public domain. Uh, are, the, are the additional sites, therefore, currently in the public domain? Some of them are. Some of the ones which were submitted just after the um, call for sites exercise are. The ones w will be put in the public domain, of course, but some of them have just been submitted. A couple no, months fair enough, obviously. Yeah, a couple months, yeah, yeah, obviously still processing, but yes. So what would be really helpful uh, for those who follow this closely is to put, to describe them as you've described them. So submitted since uh, uh, whatever date is appropriate, so that people can follow easily because it was a helpful guide. I, these aren't planning applications, we're crystal clear about that. Um, and it, I don't know how much material weight in a planning application your, your comments and views uh, carry. But um, nevertheless, I think it's, it's good that everybody's aware uh, of the detailed site-by-site uh, uh, -site that you've just described. So thank you for that. Um, any comments? Councillor Mills, <coughs> Councillor Lees, Councillor Lodge? Can we just clarify that these numbers exclude the seven major sites? Yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. I just yes, wanted yeah. to get that clear. Yeah. Yeah. Councillor Lees. Uh, 
things. You may need to talk a bit closer to your mic. Oh, sorry. Now I need to put my reading glass on the Mac so it's a little bit right. The numbers of 4,177, is that only covering existing areas? Because surely if we're going to meet the target of 14,000, we'd need another odd 6,000 homes. So, um, I'm, I'm we're, we're not discussing I'm numbers today, but if the numbers were 14,100... Oh, sorry, have I, have I been too pedantic? Sorry. No, 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 that's fine. But if they were, um, yeah. then what Graham has just said is that 4,177 sites in the categories that he described yep. could potentially be considered. Yes. And sorry, sorry, three chairman. Uh, sorry, sorry to interrupt you. And Councillor, no, no. for, for your benefit, I think what was behind your question is where, where are the remaining either 14, if we are going 14,000, where, where, 14, where are they? Yes. We're, they, we're a little bit short, yes, so precisely. Yeah. So, but so it doesn't include the new settlement sites. Okay. And, and, and sorry, I Chair. I just wanted to clarify. Yeah. It, it, it also doesn't include allocations and commitments. So, okay. in other words, sites that have already got planning permission and allocations that no. we've got. And sorry to cut across you, Chairman. No, no, no. And, and I won't be able to say I'm new for many things. I might as well get it. All no, no. It's, uh, well, I, I think probably a number of members may be grateful to you sorry. for asking these questions. Oh, okay, it, right. It is, it's my my second question, if I may, is. How do they fall into each category? And if you look at my pre the previous concerns about the Schlar methodology, um, the fact that sites which inspectors are found to be unsustainable at public inquiry are included in the Schlar, right? So you've got the Keir site is stated to be suitable and the Elston site is, I think, query suitable, where many others are, have got a big N for not suitable and they've been rejected by the 2014 Inspector and the Secretary of State. So I'm a little bit confused about how you've got these letters. You know, I mean, we know that the Elson site, for example, Secretary of State said no, and it's got query, and we know that the Keir site stated to be suitable. Uh, I'm not. Uh, am I being a bit? Uh, no. Um, You're allowed to say yes. Uh, if I am. Um, I, I, I'll start, and then either Graham or Richard carry on. Obviously. Um, Applications move on, don't they? So something is submitted, it's turned down for a particular reason, so the applicant will then change the circumstances and, and try and address the issue. So that's one material point. Um, but I'm not sure whether those two particular sites are... Uh, obviously, the, the Elstom site would be, come under a separate category as a potential new settlement, but whether, whether the Kia is included in these, I don't know. Graham, sorry, your microphone. I mean, I, I can't remember off the top of my head if I'm being honest at the moment because we've obviously look at a lot of the size, but um, um, obviously, the, like you said, the Alston one has been dealt with as part of the, um, yeah, and, you know, obviously, you know, we're making our own judgment and we published, obviously, for your comments during the consultation. Um, we just purely made our judgments on what has been submitted on the corporate sites and also we have obviously taken into consideration what has been submitted um, in what has been said in previous planning appeals as well, that's obviously been taken into consideration, you know, the planning history of the site as well. So it's not just, we're not just looking like at the site of a blank canvas, we are taking into consideration previous applications and also what Im implications they may have for the surrounding, site, surrounding sites as well. So yeah, that has been taken into consideration. So. Thank you, Mr. Fox. Yes, sir. Yeah, th those are good points well made. I think the, the only thing I would add, Chairman, is, is, the, is the Schlari is what you could term, one could term a des desktop exercise. It's, it's the, 
the in principle suitability of a site. So hypothetically, all of the things being equal, could this site be developed for the, for the reasons that, that Graham has set out? Yes, no, or question mark. What that doesn't do, and that's the next stage, and there's two important further, further issues, is, well, what, what does the sustainability appraisal say about the suitability of those? And we haven't got the final results of that in terms of will they be allocated or not. And one of the things that will be taken into account at that stage as well is the, is the planning history, so the planning pedigree or, or lack of it. So if you like it, it is a desktop exercise. So everything, all else being equal, is this site potentially in the mix? Yes, no, or maybe, without you know, almost sort of closing one's mind to all these other considerations, if, if that helps. Answer your question. I have to apologise. I have read as much as I possibly could, but obviously not been from the beginning. I, could, I don't get everything. Okay, thank you. So, um, thank, thank, thank you for that. Uh, we look forward to that going onto the website as it becomes available. Clear, clearly, indi yeah, clearly indicated that it's, it's different to the last, to save people wading through everything. Okay, I think we've noted that. Uh, Councillor Mills? Can I just clarify? So, we'll have the 300 sites on the website with your number lettered clarification against each one rather than the previous YYY, yeah? Yeah, the YYY why, why is part of the um, access yeah. database, but oh, we also have that, a classification. Right. So we can see where we are. Yeah, and just, just to clarify the previous point that the chairman uh, raised um, in terms of the um, date, and we have obviously dated the um, reference, like, so it'll be dated 16 or 17, so you know when it has been submitted as well. Great, moving on to item. Sorry, did you want to? Actually, no, all my points are now being covered, thank you, by other people. Thanks. Uh, item 7, um, reasonable alternatives. Mr. Mr. Gadd wants to speak to that. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I wanted to raise the apparent predetermination by this council of spatial strategy long before the evidence base had been assembled and the continued absence of the required comparative sustainability assessment or prior consideration of any reasonable alternative spatial strategies as required by the MTPF. Um, I still haven't seen any published. The same issue arose with the draft plan, which was rejected in 2014, largely because the spatial strategy was politically driven, exemplified by the determination to push the Elson of new settlement despite contrary evidence. This council appears to be adopting a similar approach of trying to fit the evidence to support a predetermined strategy. In 2014, the inspector was also very sceptical about the comparative sustainability process, but did not need to decide the point because he rejected the plan on other grounds. The issue is compounded by the opacity of the local plan process. Virtually no significant decisions come to this group, and it's difficult to find evidence for decisions which are taken privately elsewhere. For a long time, Council Lodge has been trying to get proper scrutiny of the plan process by this group, but with limited success. He's written at length, asking for a number of key issues to be addressed at today's meeting, but that letter was refused to be allowed at this meeting or those issues to be discussed, which is why I asked to speak. In June 2016, UDC published its preferred spatial strategy, which proposed significant building in Saffron Warden and Dunmo, some new settlements and limited other development. Most of the required evidence base was clearly outstanding at that point. No explanation was ever given as to where that strategy came from or what reasonable alternatives were considered. Saffron Warden Town Council has been asking for an explanation for six months and is still waiting to never receive a reply. Since then, no reasonable alternative spatial strategies have been proposed for discussion or presented to this group, nor has there been any comparative sustainability assessment work, and looking at the work plans tabled for this meeting, nor is any intended, none of the work plans um, 
contain a proposed uh, sustainability assessment. A comparison is proposed between the new settlements, but no comparison of reasonable alternative strategies is even contemplated, despite clear guidance from MPPS and PAS. And we're now only a few months away from the draft plan. In the meantime, the highways assessment and the water cycle study, for example, have been commissioned purely on the basis of the June 2016 preferred option, not on an open basis. The chairman has announced to South Cams his personal vision for a greater Saffron Wood. Work continues apace on trying to find a mitigation strategy for Saffron Wood development without any prior work to see whether such developments are sustainable and without the council even assessing air quality or the impact on the historic environment of Saffron Wood and the development. Most recently, even if you look at the current minutes at PP42, Councillor Barker refers to a need for 4,300 homes for new settlements if other allocations were met. So she appears to have pre-decided other allocations. I wasn't aware that any other allocations had been decided. I urge you please to change TAC to adopt a transparent spatial strategy process which follows the evidence to prepare a proper comparative sustainability assessment and to avoid the risk of another plan rejection. Thank you. Right. Um, I've written down four things and I'll point, uh, go to the officers. There is absolutely no element of predetermination um, and uh, I think most independent observers would uh, support that position. No decisions have been made. Every aspect of every possibility is being examined. Uh, the suggestion, I, it, I, I just find some of your comments so irritating. We're trying to produce a positive plan that is transparent, open, and based on evidence, and you spend your life trying to undermine it. There is absolutely no element of private discussion. No element of private discussion. Well, of course e there is, because e there are many things that don't come every to group. There's nothing that the leaders this group, council, won't be aware of. Sorry, I don't think anyone is aware of why the June 2016 strategy came from. We've asked repeatedly and we've never... You're going to get everything in due course. As far as South Cams is, 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 is concerned, uh, Saffron Warden itself, is, as part of its neighbourhood plan, is looking to the future. There's no... Uh, absolutely no predetermination there that is an ongoing process it's not for me particularly to to, to get involved so um, I, you, you know you shouldn't really be referring to things that have got uh, no uh, no substance uh, I wrote down letters and I can't remember what you said about letters can anybody remind me oh John Lodge's letters sorry yeah so um, we have faithfully responded to a number I assume they're your letters rather than John Lodge's but anyway um, I think they came from John Lodge actually they were signed by John Lodge certainly but uh, I recognize the handwriting but anyway I'm not going to <laughs> uh, yeah yeah you can laugh I think uh, we, we know the underlying point there um, and Councillor uh, Lodge has if he wishes to raise uh, uh, put an item on this agenda has got the absolute right to do that and that's that's part of what the leaders forum is all about so um, we've responded to the last letter whoever did write it um, and uh, we can take up individually some of those points in due course officers would you like to deal with any other substance um, yes but per perhaps in, in passing chairman uh, it's probably the easiest way um, to introduce what 
this topic paper is about. For those that, who didn't attend the briefing session, uh, which was uh, undertaken by Troy Planning, um, the Reasonable Alternatives Workshop is essentially to start looking at where development can take place and the options for where development can take place. And there's a very useful summary um, set out in paragraph five about the questions to answer is how much, and we have a good idea, Chairman, of how much we're now planning for, the form, where, in other words, geographically, and when, and th those are key questions. And what a reasonable alternative study does without predetermining any allocations whatsoever, is to look at the range of alternatives to provide the required uh, development, and predominantly, in this case, it was about housing. So this doesn't look exclusively at one new settlement, two new settlements, three new settlements, or um, any specific um, predetermined spatial strategy, what it does is say, well, there's a certain ho housing figure within the constraints that we have, given what we have in the Schlar, given what the, the settlements are that have been promoted, what are the various ways that that housing could be provided? And there are many ways, um, Chairman, that that housing could be provided. And in fact, there's a, a huge matrix that, that was produced showing the various combinations of uh, allocations, combinations of potentially new settlements, um, new settlements, towns and villages, um, fairly substantial allocations, um, falling of, of sort of figures of about one and a half thousand, which some, some of the sites in the paper, uh, all they refer to as um, new settlements are actually more like garden villages. So essentially the work looks at all the options, all the various ways of providing the housing that is required. It doesn't predetermine a spatial strategy and it doesn't predetermine specific sites. What it does do is potentially rule out various options that can't provide the required level of growth. This reasonable alternatives then provides, it's the building block for the sustainability appraisal, which looks both at the best spatial strategy, in other words, whether it is best um, to follow what's being called a hybrid approach, um, in other words, a combination of relative new settlements, towns and villages, um, or some other approach before then um, looking appraising from a sustainability perspective the potential specific sites. So there's two elements to the sustainability appraisal. Um, and this report basically essentially says that looking at all the alternative options, potentially, and I guess I would stress potentially, without um, judging a strategy or the geography of the allocations, it may well need from up to two or potentially three new settlements to provide the level of housing growth required. Now, that's not saying that this council should put forward in its local plan even one new settlement. What it's saying is that we have to demonstrate as a council that we've looked at the alternative ways of meeting the growth that is required. It's, as, it's, it's, it's a very complicated exercise, but at the end state, it's, it's as simple as that. 
So the next stage, and this is the stage which is being undertaken now, is the sustainability appraisal of these various options. And we will present to this working group before going through the more formal governance process uh, what we think is the preferred way of looking at the distribution of growth, both in terms of whether it's best to uh, put substantial proportions of the growth in one more or more new settlements, or some other combination that could deliver the required amount of housing. And that is the work of the sustainability appraisal, which is still currently being undertaken on, uh, within the guidelines that are set out uh, in the legislation and government guidance, um, Chairman. Um, sorry, that's by way of introduction, but I'll be happy to pick up any further points. Thank okay, you. colleague, could you turn your, uh, your mic off? Sorry. Colleagues, any Council Lodge? Thank you, Chair. Yes, I was, uh, you, you may remember uh, uh, some meetings or so back, I was, I was encouraged by the, the approach which Troy, Troy were taking, and it looked as though uh, we, we were going to get a, a real proper job of the analysis of uh, alternative spatial strategies. Uh, and so I, I also look forward to this item on the, on the agenda when I read it. But um, I have to say I came to the end of it with, uh, with great disappointment that it really wasn't spelt out as the terms of reference that they were, they were working to, that, the, that they've made particular progress, particularly as we're only probably about eight weeks away from making a decision. Are we really going to be able to explore a significant number of alternative spatial strategies, do the sustainability analyses across those various strategies rather than just on individual new towns? I'm really concerned that uh, it's going to be rushed through and we're not going to see it in time. Oh, that information as I said, um, will be put, all the background information on sustainability appraisal will be put to the next meeting of this, this working group. So all that information will be available. Councillor Parker. Thank you. I just wanted to, to come back a bit about the allocations to towns and villages. I, I think that the officers in some ways have carried some of these allocations forwards. Um, as these were um, in the inspection, we had last inspection, the inspector was quite satisfied with some of those allocations and thought that they were sound. And I think that that is the reason that some of them in, in the two larger towns in the district have been carried forward. And certainly in the case of Dunmo, the Dunmo neighbourhood plan um, incorporates some of the proposals that were in that previous local, local plan, um, the, the land between the B1256 and the A120, uh, the possible relocation of the senior school, um, you know, it, it has been acknowledged that, um, you know, they, they are part of Dumbo's plan. Dumbo wants to make sure that it keeps the bits of Dumbo that are special, special, and has produced a made an excellent neighbourhood plan. And, you know, as I say, the inspector found those allocations sound and, um, you know, would be surprised, I think, if we didn't have some development in our two largest towns in our local plan. Councillor Mills. <coughs> Yes, Chairman. Um, just to say, I'd remind this group that as a collective council, we all voted for the hybrid. In other words, we set in stone the plan that we were going to run forward with, with the number dispersal at that time. And that's what we've run with. Um, we've passed through the pause, new information has come in, but 
I'm relatively encouraged that the process that they are now addressing actually allows us looking at that spatial analysis, if you like, and if we find that there is a better balance, that we are actually going to consider it. In other words, everything is on the table. Um, we haven't made a decision. We are clear where we are. I feel we're clear where we are. Thank you. Councillor Dean. I, I'd like to actually make reference to the, the next item because that's got the, the timetable because the points I want to make I think are relevant to that. Um, it's certainly the case that there's a, a lot of work still to be done and I think we're around about three months away from the council making a decision um, and there has been no predetermination going on that I'm aware of. I certainly had attended private meetings. The public will know that the council, that councillors have had uh, three sessions where we've had presentations from developers, but that was very much, in my view, a kind of top surface look at what they've got to say and um, some of the things, no doubt, we have to question and challenge to see whether they, they, they stand up to reason. And, and I think there is a lot more work to be done, and I'm hoping that, for instance, at the item, the, the, the briefing on the, as well as the PPG on the 20, on the 17th of May, that on the 22nd of May, that we begin the debate of trying to work out in our own minds the pros and cons, the undeliverable things, and the things that are deliverable to, to put, start to put some shape to, to this, but certainly in my mind there's no shape to it whatsoever at the moment. Yeah. And, and so, you know, I... I Apart from I, the shape that Councillor Mills indicated earlier, she's yeah, gone through well, Council. Well, well, indeed, that's right. And, and so I, I think that uh, Mr Gadd is wrong in saying that there's uh, been predetermination. There, there hasn't. I think I would have sniffed it out if there had been. Good. Councillor Lees, Councillor Lodge. I, I'm sorry, Mr. Gadd. I, I think you made your point. If you could to leave the, uh, the table. We'll take up your point and. Uh, we'll do that. We'll look through that. Okay. We'll take that offline, but uh, I mean, rest assured that everything is going to be in the public domain. Uh, obviously, it will be because it will be a council meeting, uh, and the information will be there in advance. Councillor Lees. Sorry, not really. Sorry, um, Can I just clarify? The, when you're going to publish reasonable alternatives, are they reasonable alternatives that you could say, actually, we're not going to go for A, we are going to go for this reasonable alternative? Or are the reasonable alternatives, we've looked at that and discounted them, and so therefore we are going to pick this? Just, uh, did I make sense? Yeah, I'll let Mr. Fox answer that, but a bit of both. So, yes, so that's my answer, Chair. Am I asking questions that everybody else knows? No, no, that's fine. Mr. Fox will answer it in detail, but... There will come a time. There will come a there will come a time when we have to put in a plan, 
um, to specify where X number of homes are to go. Mr. Gadd's point is that have you considered all the possible alternatives so that, uh, that X might be a good site but is Y a better proposition? And I think Mr. Fox has answered that and clearly there's a piece of work that this group and the council as a whole uh, will see to try to um, take you through that thinking process. Mr. Fox, do you want to add to that? No, uh, a bit of both, Chairman, was exactly the answer I, I was going to uh, give. Um, if, and if I could, may just respond to Councillor Mill's earlier comments. Yes, I, I agree. Clearly, the Council voted um, a hybrid distribution stra strategy, but that does not mean that we do not have to meet our obligations in terms of testing all the reasonable alternatives, Chairman. So it may well be that testing those says that the hybrid distribution is not the best spatial uh, distribution strategy. Uh, that remains to be tested, but clearly uh, Council took the view last year that in terms of the potential housing numbers that were required, the most logical approach was that strategy, but that doesn't get us away from having to meet the, the legal requirements, Chairman. We, we fully understand that. If something is impossible, then it is incorrect for Council to ask for it. But I think Mr. Mills's, uh, Councillor Mills's point was that um, that should be the assumption, because that is the Council's preferred position. If you declare it impossible, that is a different position. That's a different situation. Yes, you're absolutely right, Chairman. Okay. Good. Councillor Lodge. Yeah, I, th I think this is actually being said, but just for clarity, on the 22nd of May, we are going to get a sustainability analysis for a number of spatial strategies, as well as sustainability analysis for the, uh, the comparative ones for the potential new towns. I think it's the 17th. Oh, that's a briefing. Seven. Sorry, yeah, 17th, 17th, yes, yeah. And it's a big agenda, so we might it's want to massive, consider yeah. what time yeah. we start. Yeah. Uh, but you're right, that was, and you'll have seen this before, because we've been looking at future um, agendas yeah. at, a, at the Friday meeting, um, and that was the, you know, that was, that's the plan. Okay. Thank okay. You. Good. On that basis, uh, are we content? We considered a paper on reasonable alternatives to update ourselves. Um, well, that takes us neatly, actually, onto the project plan. Um, who wants to talk to that? Thank you, Chair. I'll, I'll be brief. Um, this was uh, reported to the last PPWG, as members will be aware, um, and it was clear that members wanted to have this on the agenda as a standing item. The position is that uh, the, the key milestones remain the same as, as before. The only item that we've actually added is on the 9th of May, we will be having a development management uh, policy member briefing. The finalised details of that are still to be confirmed, but that's what we are building into the process as well. So that's looking at the development management policies as opposed to where the site allocations are. But other than that, everything remains the same. So that's an additional date for your diaries. All the others, not necessarily <coughs> December onwards, but um, should, should be in the diary. Um, do you just want to cover what, what members will be briefed on on the 9th of May? Because we need to get that date out. It's not that far away. <clears throat> yeah, thank you, Chair. What, what we'll be looking at, well, obviously tonight there's been a lot of focus on the site allocations, new settlements, etc. But a key part of the plan is also the, the policy basis. So what we'll be looking to do is go run members through the actual policies themselves 
um, so that they're up to speed with the you know the various policies on whether it be housing, employment, everything else. Um, so that's what we'll be doing on that. I think that's very helpful. If uh, colleagues agree that uh, all members are, understand the framework that they're working in, um, so that uh, they can make their decisions uh, more comfortably. Councillor Dean. When we receive the development management policies, can we have some kind of commentary which actually says what has changed since last time round? Because there were quite a number of inputs last year. It'd be useful to know where it's Very changed. helpful point. Very helpful point. Thank you. Um, so uh, I do um, invite anybody who wishes to look at the project plan, uh, which is very, very extensive. It's not something uh, that... Uh, We've printed off for this meeting. A, a, a number of you have, have seen it, but anybody who wishes to go through the plan in detail, and I hesitate to use the word microscopic, but it is in the level of detail it covers, um, Simon Payne, I'm sure, would be pleased to do that with you. So um, it is, I think, um, a number of us have, have seen it and been satisfied, but it, it's, it's for others. It's there if you wish to um, examine it. Okay, is there any other query on this point, in which case I'm going to move on to the forward plan, um, which I think we've probably discussed quite extensively uh, in terms of what's coming up at um, future meetings. Chairman, um, looking at the 17th of May, it is going to be an enormous agenda. Could I suggest we start at 6 o'clock? Um, we have got so many major items on there. And I think starting at... I know we were late today because the only presentation, but... I do think um, a lot of these items will take quite a lot of discussion. Well, six o'clock. I, I, I ask. So, so, well, it's, it's members around this table. So, is six o'clock realistic for you, Councillor Davis? Okay, uh, I'm getting a nod. Um, I, I don't think it's for the council to provide your dinner because we're not, you, you can have your dinner before you arrive. It's only when we keep you here all afternoon and then into the evening that we do that. Uh, okay, so a, a very important agenda uh, and um, we'll start that meeting at six o'clock. Uh, do officers then want to talk about, I think um, you've seen what's on, the, uh, on that agenda. Do you just then want to talk about the July meeting and, and thereafter, please? Sorry, the June, I beg your pardon. Be a bit late in July. Well, just, just, just so that uh, colleagues are aware, um, I, I, they, they've digested the next meeting. Uh, I'd just like you to go through very quickly what we're discussing on the 7th of June. I mean, it's there, but if somebody could just describe what, what we're going to be doing with the transport update that we're not doing uh, on the 17th of May, for example. Yeah. Yes, Chairman. Um, well, as you said, it is self-explanatory, but there's some very key um, pieces of evidence which will obviously form the basis for the, the plan, particularly the sustain sustainability appraisal, which we've talked about earlier, um, and significantly the transport update as well. So there will be key components 
which will formulate um, this council's final views, Chairman. Does anybody wish to talk to, to Councillor Davis and then Councillor Mills? Yeah, I think it's probably around it's just the same point on the, the transport plan. How, how are we tracking for, I think, have end of April for, for that? Are we, um, are we sort of confident? Yeah, through, through you, Chairman. Yeah, yes, we are. We, we, we have regular updates from our consultants on that, and they're still they're very much on track. Councillor Mills? Okay. So, are colleagues content with the next two agendas? Councillor Lodge. One bit which has uh, been a, a um, continuing problem, and that, that's air quality. Where, where, uh, the, the Walden transport sorry, has been delayed. Uh, when a, where, and, and that's been, it's always been coming next week for about the last three months. Where are we really on that? And it the, has to be on the 17th of May. That's, that will all come on the 17th of May. Well, no, the, transport, the, the, the transport is on the agenda, so it has to happen. Does the air quality report come with it? It depends, Chairman, on what the conclusions are of the transport study. I think, to be fair to staff, and you, they have been asking for this. I, I, I think we should ask. <coughs> there's an associated paper on air quality. Okay. Uh, you need to let us know if that presents any problems, but it, they do go hand in glove. Okay, we'll deal with that. Okay. Uh, so we are now on the evidence base update item 10 who is talking to that item yeah, thank you chairman um, yeah the it's again it's a self-explanatory paper I think one update to it um, the fourth item um, down the sustainability appraisal. Uh, it says timetable being prepared in the, in the final column. Actually, we, we know when that's going to be ready, and it will be ready because it has to be by, by June, Chairman. So we're looking at page 39. Those Sorry, of you, yes. Th those of you in hard copy. Yeah. Um, so, um, are there any queries on on that? It's, it's an iteration of what we've just been discussing. Okay. So it's it's uh, it's there. It's laid out. It's clear. Um, item 11 is the action plan from uh, the PAS service report, verbal update. Thank you, Chair. Um, I, I think it was discussed at last meeting and it's in the minutes. So really, I think everything has actually been taken care of, the action plan. What we propose is that that just gets merged into the forward plan and the project plan anyway. So there's nothing specific um, related to the action plan to be discussed tonight. Anybody wish to raise anything about that? We have had that report before. Okay, thank you. The duty to cooperate, um, there are subsidiary papers on the various duty to cooperate meetings. Um, for your information, um, as you're aware, we did sign the MOU at Cabinet. Um, those papers are also included. Um, one of the MOUs. One of the MOUs. Uh, so, officers, have you got anything to report on duty to cooperate? Um, you, you've summarised the headlines, uh, Chairman. Uh, just to apologise for the late distribution of those appendices um, and, so, and some of the other papers. The, the, the missing paperwork related to minutes of the minutes and agendas of the co-op member board 
and the co-op officers group uh, and the cabinet report which as you said um, considered the the memorandum of understanding on the di distribution of housing need across the strategic housing market area and that as you indicated chairman is a key milestone uh, for the Schmar authorities to get to get that agreement um, it will certainly help uh, East Hearts um, with their plan which was submitted on Friday so that so that was welcome and I think uh, you didn't point it out chairman but uh, there were some late amendments made to that memorandum of understanding which more accurately reflected Uttlesford's current position in terms of in terms of housing needs so so there was a, a good consensus and agreement on that with the other authorities chairman the only thing I also would add to the report is that in relation to Braintree District Council uh, there's been a further meeting uh, with ACOM uh, to look at broadening the scope of the existing study uh, relating to the sites known as uh, West of Braintree or Stebbing depending on one's geographic perspective um, where there's positive progress made on that and again just to stress that there is nothing uh, about pre preempting uh, that site is purely to make sure that the evidence base is fully in place so that when we do the sustainability appraisal we have all the information before us uh, chairman so um, nothing to add other than that thank you you will be aware that uh, the chief executive of Braintree District Council is moving so it may be worth your while to make sure that as much as possible is um, agreed in advance of that Councillor Dean, then Councillor Barker. I, I'm disappointed I don't have uh, a copy or haven't seen the various minutes as are referred to here. Um, I would have read them before the meeting um, and that might have raised questions. Um, so if we, if for instance, apparently they've got copies there, could we in future either have them well before the meeting or at least handed out at the beginning which gives one the opportunity to scan through them well well they may be online but i wasn't aware they were online i just did want to add that i am meeting with braintree in the next couple of weeks to have a duty to cooperate with you with them as well as my regular monthly meeting with the schmar area Braintree also have a new uh, cabinet member for planning as well. As far as you're concerned, Councillor Barker, is there anything else from the, um, the other duty to cooperate meetings which I think you've been present at that you wish to add? No, thank you, Chairman. Are we content with, um, apart from, uh, I understand uh, the difficulty of Councillor Dean receiving them at late notice, so that, will be, that won't happen again. Yeah, also sorry, I, I didn't read them. I noticed they came and I didn't have time to read them. So just really, really two points. I think from what Councillor Barker said that um, no particular obstructions for the uh, West of Braintree option, that is still proceeding. I just wonder, is there anything here about uh, cooperation then with South Cams on uh, North Ottlesford Garden Village? No particular impediments there at the moment. But, well, no, I have asked to have a meeting with them as well. The Braintree one's been picked up shortly. Um, but I, I am due another one with South Cambridge as well. I think the, the you know, as we said before, it's um, our own smart area that's particularly important. And having now settled basically the discussion that each of the areas is taking their own housing allocation, whatever that might deem to be, I think that has moved things on a long way. Um, it's 
a lot of the duty to cooperate meetings are focused on, and we have a lot of presentations on strategic highways issues, and most of the strategic highways issues actually don't affect Uttlesford. It's more around the growth around Harlow and where that puts pressure on the network around Harlow, discussions around a second crossing of the River Stort with the proposed development at Gilston, and pressures on specific routes within Harlow, pressing for the Junction 7A, which has now been approved to try to you know, improve the traffic flows. Um, a lot of it, as I say, you know, Uttlesford is there, but as far as a lot of transport issues goes, which does take up quite a lot of discussion, it does tend to be focused on, on the Harlow and northern bypasses to Bishop Stortford uh, and other issues. Um, not that Uttlesford is ignored because the, the presence of Stansted within our midst affects a lot of the housing growth, a lot of people's travel, but um, as I say, um, a lot of discussion, you know, quite a lot of cooperation, but the, you know, the realisation that because of the growth of Harlow as a, a business centre, that a lot of the, the, the highways effort, if you like, is concentrated on that area. One other thing on, on highways, it's, uh, it, it was at the front of our minds a while ago, but it's still obviously important, and that is the A120 itself. I don't know if we had any recent work on that. I know we've, we've seen some uh, plans for, for, the, for Junction 8, but, but the overall capacity and extension for the A120, is that, is that going to come and bite us at any stage in the future? Uh, going eastwards, you mean, beyond uh, Gallows Corner? Well, the whole. I don't think there's any proposal. Obviously, Junction 8 is a, is a serious consideration, and you're, you're aware of the plans. Of the investment uh, is uh, for a, a sort of um, moderate solution is broadly in place. Um, the other uh, plans for the A120 is beyond Galley's Corner, sometimes um, affectionately known as Cholesterol Corner. Um, so, and there are five options. It's Cholesterol Corner because every conceivable McDonald's, Big Mac, everything is situated there. But um, so, uh, if you go that way, it's a very important link through to the coast. And at the moment, uh, you have to go through Marks Tay on a, a, a slow-moving road. So. Uh, the government and Essex County Council's intention is that will be dual carriage way from uh, Galley's Corner through to the A12, which is also being widened at that point. Uh, there are five, op you know, as with the housing, <laughs> uh, we understand uh, what we've got to do. The question is where. So there are five different routes that are currently out to consultation, um, and. Um, uh, and that consultation, I don't know how much longer it goes on, it started at uh, early part of the year actually, so it must be coming to a, to a conclusion now. Um, it will then have to, the outcome of the consultation will have to be considered, um, they will then have to put in planning permission, um, and then they'll start work. So I don't think we're going to see that in place until the 2020s, um, but uh, it, is, it, is, it is an intention, I think it's a um, it, it will happen. I don't know whether that's what you were referring to, but there's nothing. The, the dual carriageway between Galleys and, um, and Junction 8, as far as I'm aware, there's no change to that. But obviously, you know, there might be roads off subject to um, whatever decision this council makes. Now, I was thinking even more of the western end of the A120, really, with the, with the possibility of um, a large number of developments on there from uh, from Colchester heading heading west towards the M11. I just wondered whether whether we were comfortable that that being an overall 
trans transport consideration, which which would mean that it would still be man enough for the job. And, and obviously, there's a couple of proposed garden developments at, at that end, one at Markstay and one nearer to Colchester. But um, um, that is, is all part of the uh, transport assessment, so that capacity. As far as the, as far as the others are concerned, um, as you know, there's work with ACOM around the Braintree development, which is complicated, as we heard with the presentation. There are four, if not five, landowners involved, um, and it's two developments. Uh, uh, so there is Boxted Wood as one development, and Andrews Field as a second development. A little bit of Andrews Field comes into Uttlesford, so it is a complicated arrangement. It's, it's absolutely right that ACOM determine uh, all the implications, including quarry work that's going to go on for a number of uh, further years, so that all of that modelling works um, and, um, and the implication, as you suggest, onto the A120. So uh, that's a, a piece of jointly commissioned work. Uh, and just to add the complication, obviously, um, if Braintree have got their own requirements for their local plan in terms of the number of houses to come out of that. So, um, and I'm saying all this without any predetermination. Um, as far as um, uh, Hertfordshire, as East Hearts is concerned, uh, they have gone out, as you know, on their uh, Regulation 19, um, and uh, their housing number is uh, well above the 2011 figures, but not quite at the 2014 figures. So it'd be very interesting to uh, hear what the inspector has to say about that. But we won't hear the inspector's comments until we have uh, started our Regulation 18 consultation. Uh, but uh, as Councillor Park has indicated, that has been a good process with um, Harlow Epping and uh, East Hearts. And uh, we've, we signed uh, an MOU with, with, with East, East Hearts last week. Uh, they're underway, so that's good. As far as South Camps are concerned, a significant piece of work is being undertaken on the whole highway and transport implication. Um, and uh, I don't know when, when we get that back, but um, it's, uh, it's an important ingredient in that consideration. That, that's sometime later this month, Chairman, I, I believe, yeah. Councillor Mills, then Councillor Dean. And just to clarify, um, the A120 options, because there's the five options there, obviously the ramifications of perhaps some of those options open up certain housing areas that then take pressure off of some of the implicate, implicated areas that they are currently considering. Um, so I presume that Troy will be sort of taking that into account with the potential of what they might You're talking be. about for Braintree? It is for Braintree, but it has a knock-on, therefore, to the situation yeah, regarding okay. some of the sites. Yeah, okay. Thank you. Good point. Councillor Dean. This is a small matter of identity. Reference has been made to Uttlesford North. The um, reasonable alternatives paper refers to Great Chesterford, so I just wanted to clarify whether we are adopting the name that the developer uh, recently put out or less, or where less, we are. less sensitive than calling Little Eastern Great Eastern, but um, <laughs> um, it, it's a fair point. If we can have some consistency with the name, then yeah, that would yes, be fine. Yes, Chairman. I mean, it's, it, it's like the new housing states that go up. They tend to have um, names which don't reflect the geography. My own, my own personal view is that one should stick with the geography and, until someone decides to call it something else. And we'll, we will be consistent on that point. Okay. Good. Any other points? No? Uh, that on, a very, on a very light moment, to relieve the tension a bit, can I, as a pedant, refer you to risk, the risk analysis comment? 
the problem of apostrophes seems to be affecting our, se our secretarial <laughs> department. The first, in, in likelihood, it reads some councils with an apostrophe, there should not be an apostrophe. Are you listening, Alistair? I introduced Alistair at the cabinet meeting, but uh, he's new to this. I'm sure he's He's, he hasn't done a minute before, so I'm sure he's... Uh, I don't know whether Rebecca or Alistair are doing them tonight, but uh, I take note that uh, Councillor Oliver is very hot on his apostrophes. OK. Did, did, you, did you know, Chairman, that there's a man who makes a life, living out of going round blanking out furious apostrophes? The, the, the meeting is getting extended There's a programme now. on Radio so 4 uh, this uh, week. On that, item, on, that, on that point, <laughs> any other items which the Chairman considers to be urgent? There aren't any item 14, date of next meeting. We have it. We've changed the time, starting time to 6 o'clock. Thank you very much for your time. For those around the table, those members of the public who have attended and those listening in, thank you very much. Thank sure.